Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montrulo, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? Uh, enjoying unemployment still. Uh, it's been almost a month. Uh, enjoyed Mr. Senator Mike Gravel's tweet today about urban transportation. I don't know if uh, some of our listeners probably saw that, but uh, him and his teenagers, I don't know who, you know, where, where it came from, but, you know, we know these two kids do all his tweets for him. Uh, said, in a moral society, cities would be designed around human beings and their interests, not cars and the corporations that profit off inaccessibility and inadequate public transit. So uh, Ash actually sent that to me today, and I was like, oh, that's fucking great. That's my whole, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, so, I, I, I thought of you when I saw that. I was like, oh, he's going to love this fucking tweet. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Well, you don't have national politicians talk about things like urban mobility very often mm-hmm. on, a, on a political level, especially because like, oh, we all love our cars. It's like, well, no. A lot of people don't. <laughs> a lot of people uh, like me choose to not live with a car, not be burdened with that, and have a cost, you know, average of eight to ten thousand dollars a year. Once you include all the factors of that, so uh, great, yeah. great that uh, he's aware of that kind of stuff. I mean, he's great on everything else. So I don't know why he wouldn't be. Um, but yeah, so you, you mentioned that he may not be running too much longer, unfortunately. Well, so like I think they're trying to get him to the July debates, but if he doesn't get into the July debates, I think they're just going to suspend the campaign and uh, donate the the funds raised to like Flint they talked about and a couple of other yeah. places that could use it. So that's, you know, I, it, the whole point was to get him into the debate. So the second round of debates has like twice the threshold, and I don't think they were aware of that or maybe it changed midstream, but to get into the second round of debates, you need... 130 individual contributions not just 65 130,000 that is yeah excuse me 130,000 um yeah even if it was 130 and 65 some of these uh other guys swalwell and people like that might still have trouble getting right i didn't i forgot who he was somebody like oh the first one to drop out i was like actually ojeda was the first to drop out if anyone remembers him but uh yeah and it's awful that they have these bullshit rules you know it should be based on things you know they should have a different metric than the number of donations. Like that's just, yeah. I don't know. Like it's, it's just it's all about money. Yeah. No, it's, it's, of course it's all about money, but yeah. And and it's unfortunate. I, I almost wish they could have had like, I, I don't want to say brackets. Like, cause I don't want to like sportify it too much and say like, you know, you have like the centrist bracket and then like the social Democrat bracket and then like the, you know, but I, I don't know. It, it, it seems like going forward when there's going to be 20 to 30 fucking people running, they should come up with a better method than just put, you know, a, a gangbang of Democratic candidates on stage each night and see what kind of shakes out. Right. But, you know, well, I, th- I think that if you uh, risked your life to, to read the Pentagon papers into the public record, then like that, you, sh- you should pull rank automatically. Right. Um, <laughs> so, somebody was yeah. uh, tweeted out how uh, Marion Williamson was trying to raise help raise funds for um, Mike Ravel to get him to the to the debate stage. And somebody responded, well, why does she need a man to, to take on these guys for it? I was like, that's not what she's doing for one and for two. Like the guy literally like put his life in danger, 
and risked yeah. imprisonment to to do that. Like that. Let, come on, let's, let's get the guy a break. And he is a former senator. I mean, you have all these fucking clowns yeah. people up there that you know. John Delaney is not even in Congress anymore. Or was only ever a congressperson. It's like Mike Gravel yeah, a former let's, fucking let's, senator. Yeah, Hickenlooper. What did he? What did he ever do? Like, <laughs> oh, he was the governor of Colorado. And, governor you know, of Colorado. Drank fracking, okay. Drank there fracking you go. fluid. That's, that's right. Fucking, I couldn't remember what you know. it was. Yeah. All of his Hickenlooper sponsored ads on um, Facebook are just like, let's not go to extremes. Don't vote for socialism. Like, that's all mm-hmm. his ads are right now. And it's hilarious because there's one where he's, they look like he was trying to recreate uh, Beto's, like, very fair cover where he's like leaning on a car, but he's like, you know, like how Donald Trump Jr. can't sit on things like a normal human being. Uh He has to, you know, sit like he was posed there for like a, you know, like a children's school photo and he doesn't know how to position his body himself. Same thing with Thick and Looper leaning on this car where he's like, his legs are apart, like he's falling over or something. And he's leaning way over on it in a way that you would never do in real life. You know, it's like, is he... (laughs) Is he running for president or trying to sell adult diapers? Like, what is going on here? <laughs> well, I guarantee you that that exact standing slash sitting position was market tested to death in like a fucking, you know, focus group. But like, I, 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 these people are just so ridiculous. Like, I, I was in uh, Barnes Noble the other day and I saw like in the biography section, Buttigieg actually has a book out already, which I was like, oh, oh wow. God. Well, you haven't done fucking anything. Uh, you know, you've not old enough destroyed yet. the one city you've fucking run, but whatever, you know, that's great. And on the cover, he's literally rolling his sleeves up. Like he's in mid roll of one of his, sl- I'm like, can you beat any fucking faker? Like, dude, really? You're rolling your sleeves up on the cover of this book. Like nobody thinks you're a fucking working man. Like you're a fucking, you know, it's just ridiculous. I, I, you know, I, I just can't with these fucking people. But no, and, um, and, and none of them are really running to win. You know, except no, for they're just running to stop Bernie. And I, I you yeah. know, I, I don't, I don't take Biden's campaign seriously. <laughs> you know, like he doesn't take it seriously. He's not. You're not even going to half the events that any normal president would go to uh, to to run for these things. Somebody like a Hillary Clinton yeah. who desperately does want to win, uh, but still fails. Um, so yeah, again, it's, it's, I think, it, what is it? Biden's lost a third of the support he had in his poll numbers, uh, since he started campaigning. Like he's just, he's and uh, the, so Bernie had a tweet today. Uh, it was a fundraising tweet. I love, I, this, is, this is fucking sounds like David Sirota, who's probably running on uh, Bernie's Twitter account. Uh, Bernie's t- tweet was uh, two new polls just really show us strong second place and closing the gap on a fading Joe Biden, <laughs> like fading Joe Biden. And then in the, like in, the, in, the, in, the in the picture, Bernie's in color and Biden's literally in black and white, like the like his, his saturation <laughs> levels fading too, <laughs> like that, that like sort of, you know, like the. The, the the old time uh political yeah, yeah, ads yeah. where it's like you know it's like in black and white slow motion it's like carol miller wants to do it you know like that whole that whole political ad, so. uh um, yeah. but that's a that's a that's amazing shade I, I love that they're they're not fucking around this time like and and the great thing about biden is that he's a white man so it's way easier to attack him viciously and not be called a sexist or a fucking whatever the bullshit that they threw at Bernie for mildly criticizing Hillary's horrendous record. And I think it, most people who look at it, you know, honestly would admit that he went way too fucking easy on her, on her record. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's not making that same mistake again, which I love. Um, but, but just, Oh, by the way, as just kind of an intro to the episode, I, I wanted to mention up top, we uh, didn't 
have an episode over the week because it was the holiday and then I forgot my microphone and yada yada. But in any event, we're here. We're on Monday. Uh, we'll probably do another episode, you know, a normal normal slot uh, this week. But uh, we wanted to just get an episode because there were a few items, uh, you know, this week. Nothing crazy major, but there's definitely stuff we wanted to cover. Um, <laughs> crazy for any other era of, of human history. But, you know, right sure, now it's, just, sure. it's like who fucking knows what it'll be next. Um, yeah, you know, uh, there's, there's just a massive pedophile ring that might bring down a former president and the current president. But, you know, other than that, nothing major. This, this I week. mean, it's, it's like Pizzagate's real now, I guess, or something. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's, I... Yep. I would have I would have saved that for the end. We'll talk because we we have a lot to talk about about that. But um, up top, I want to talk about uh the the just absolutely pathetic human being that is Nancy Pelosi because she again just can't fucking help herself decide to just for no reason while she was giving an interview take jabs at the four most popular women in Congress right now. So they were asking her. I guess they were asking her about the vote uh, on the uh, border bill, which Pelosi uh, passed, you know, through the House and got a bunch of Democrats to support to give fucking funding to the concentration camps on the border in the promise that Mitch McConnell would take up the more moderate bill, which, of course, he fucking didn't because he's Mitch McConnell. And of course, he's not going to fucking do anything that he says he's going to do. So Nancy Pelosi was asked about it. And um, and and by the way, I should just say that her her voting to give the fucking concentration camps on the border money with no strings attached is maybe the biggest failure she's ever had in a long line of pathetic, you know, quote unquote leadership moments. Th- that's probably maybe the most shameful thing she's done as a fucking speaker of the house which is really saying right. something because she's just well, an absolutely it, pathetic useless calling, fucking worm of a human being saying that it's a failure on her part is is presuming that she has an agenda that yeah. runs counter to the trump administration which she doesn't right she doesn't that's, oppose yeah, trump on anything true. she's not she's not trying to impeach him for anything she's like well there may or may not be something in there i don't really care you know in the Mueller report right well she also <laughs> Yeah, but she's also superficially like image conscious and she likes to think that she likes she likes to give off the appearance of having won something, which is why she always sides with the Republicans to pass garbage legislation and call it bipartisan. You know what I mean? So it's like, right, which I mean, I guess you could roll this into that. But this is I mean, I can't see a single concession that you fucking got from agreeing to pass this bill. It's just it's just preposterous. And, you know, it's it's pathetic. And so. Uh, you, you know, AOC, three chess, three, three yeah, chess. Yeah, re- this chess. is real fucking, you know, 7D chess. But uh, so AOC, uh, Ilhan Omar, Anna Presley, and Rashida Tlaib uh, were among the Democrats that voted no. I th- they might have been the only Democrats that voted. There was a very sliver, a small sliver of Democrats that voted no on the border funding bill. Um, and she was asked about it, I guess, in a New York Times article. Uh, entitled uh, it's Nancy Pelosi's parade um, we, and they uh, and this is the quote from it uh, Speaker Pelosi says that AOC Ilhan Omar Ayanna Presley and Rashida Tlaib have their quote have their public whatever and their Twitter world but they don't have any following they uh, but they didn't have any following they're four people and that's how many votes they got just totally for no fucking reason. Just shitting yeah, you, on. You might have the public on your side, but that doesn't mean that anybody <laughs> supports public, you. Whatever. 
The, what, yeah, what well, the fuck is there, was wrong with her for one? Like that, just you might have the public, like, but <laughs> you clearly you might don't have the have public, the public con- servant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, the condescension is breathtaking. Um, even my own mother is just like, I don't understand what she's doing, you know. And I'm like, she's playing for the team that loves money. When the fucking Democrats and Republicans are the same, there's not two different sides of the aisle. It's just a bunch of fucking capitalists and, you know, at least for now, a handful of uh, Democratic socialists who find this system to be abhorrent, as do as does the public. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's what she's doing. <laughs> Whenever you have this conversation with your mom and you show her a time and time again all this evidence, are you never just like thinking of that SpongeBob meme? Of, like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? <laughs> like, we're there. I, you know, I, I do it sparingly. And usually by the time uh-huh. I show her something, she's already read it about it. And it's, just, it's like one of those things where it's like you just, you know, like the Lions have a lot of fans somehow still. Right. And they're mm-hmm. just they're always going to have some fans, even though they're the worst football team. Like, I don't I don't get it. But uh, Browns, Browns give them a run for their money. But yeah, no, I, I, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, yeah. look, it's like I, I think I, I like it. There <laughs> it's it's <laughs> it's a it's a lot like uh, like people who were raised Catholic. I think it's like you can present like there's always like for a lot of Catholics and I've totally broken myself of this, even though I was definitely raised, you know, and went to CCD and all that garbage. But there are certain people it's like even they consider themselves like agnostic or atheist. They still have that in the back of their head like, oh, well, I shouldn't like. It, it, it's so hard to break something that you've been kind of indoctrinated with since, you know, birth or youth or young age or just for a long time. It's very hard to just to, to break that like home team mentality when it comes to the Democratic Party. And I get that. But like, how much fucking evidence do you need to see that these people are not on your fucking side? If you care about justice for anybody or any of these things like I you know, like I, it, it's just I, I really don't know what it will take for for Joe Biden to not be leading, you know, certain uh, polls in the and obviously we know his, his uh, support is largely inflated. But still, the fact that he's even in the top three is like fucking preposterous to me, considering where the the base of the Democratic Party is on the issue. I, I like don't think he's in the top three. I don't think he's even close. I, I, I mean, we have seen them. They're polling only people that no, are they, over yeah, fifty years old. Uh, you know that that's just insane, and and we know that that's what they're doing. We know that they designed the polls that way. So, um, it, you know, it, it's uh, he's probably not even in the top five. Honestly, it, uh, you, if you actually poll people, he won't who are be by the end of right it now. For sure. Yeah, no, not not even close. <laughs> right, um, but, but but even the fact that he's a contender is like fucking nuts to me, considering his horrendous record. The fact that he is clearly losing his cognition. The fact that he, every time he opens his mouth, he fucking puts his foot in it and has to apologize, not apologize for it. It's like, I don't understand. And this is, and this is a base of, of people that largely agree with the fucking platform of Bernie Sanders. Like you look at their, you know, what that polls at in America and let alone the democratic party. It's like, you know, it's amazing to me that, that, that any, 
large percentage of the Democratic Party would say Joe Biden is their number one choice in this primary. <laughs> like, yeah, I know it is disappointing because you know when you when you study the Cultural Revolution that happened in the nineteen sixties, it was kind of like I thought we were all agreed, you know, as a society to not vote for these fucking assholes anymore, like the the Joe Bidens and the Mitch McConnell. Like I thought we all agreed like that was, you know, we we were going to stick it to the man and not go back to you know but then of course the hippies grew up and started companies and they became millionaires too and then they turn into fucking right wingers so it's just and and i think they i think they myth and and i'm of course generalizing and nobody yell at me i know there's people in our audience who were hippies who are now super progressive bernie supporters yada 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 sure but But i think a lot of that they didn't become millionaires You know, no, 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 exactly. Largely but class. a lot of that generation, like, were just interested in doing drugs and like fucking like, you know, taking psychedelics and like, you know, those things all came with that kind of culture. But it was they were never super serious about it. Like I, a, a large segment of that, like generation were all about the the cultural revolution and like the doing drugs aspect of it and not about well the activism i'm not talking about that element just, of it. you know we had a real we had a real anti-war movement back then we had there was oh yeah no absolutely you know for the first time uh, a nationwide movement you know people power you know, i remember all the chants from back then. I, I don't I'm personally bit- remember but i've seen it on you know old movies and stuff but I'm just bitter because I've watched a lot of like Woodstock documentaries and things like that and I'm looking at these people and I'm like this is not a fucking politically savvy group of no, like a lot was, of the people it was a music concert not a not an organizing event so <laughs> no i know but you know you know like, no but like, and again i just think and maybe i'm just projecting uh, the people that i know from that generation that are in my kind of life sphere at work or whatever you know it's just like I know people who like consider themselves like, you know, leftists or hippie, whatever. And then now they're just like, they think Joe Biden's like fine. And like, they have no problem with Joe. Like, and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. If you were going to Phil Oaks concerts back then, you're probably fucking down now. But if, if you, if you were like, you know, just dropping acid and like, you know, talking vaguely about sticking it to the man, you're probably, uh on team biden right now that's probably that's my, probably you that's don't my remember. that's my line in the yeah 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 well Which may account for joe biden's lack of the, cognition. The, the reagan revolution you know ralph reed's reagan revolution um it was all about undoing the 60s you know it was like hey we need to get back sure. to it they started they started to like you know market the 50s as a product like a, a time era to the 80s you know let's let's recapture that zeitgeist and it was in liberal media as much as conservative media that you know we should go back to kind of a you know even like the movie back to the future was kind of like that like (laughs) hey let's you know exactly i was just thinking Um, i've actually i'm listening right now to an audiobook like of of uh basically like a yeah well like I, I was listening today on it. Like I've been listening the past like couple days to this audiobook about like it's just an in-depth like making of the Back to the Future trilogy, like sort of you know, like behind the scenes book. Yeah. Um and and it, and, I, and I love those movies, but I the more I do think about it, I'm like, fuck, this really was almost like a psyop to make people oh, yeah. in the eighties well, think about why, how fucking awesome the fifties were. Like yeah, when they really and that was why um, Crispin Glover quit 
because that, he was pissed off. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, 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 hated the, he hated the super capitalistic and like materialistic right. ending of the first movie the, where like the, they were super happy because they had all this money now and he was this golfer and he's like, no, I yeah, want to be like. They turned into yuppies. They turned into yuppies and. He hated uh, it. That's why he wouldn't come back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which yeah, I just, I, I, I literally <laughs> just read that story today. I was like, that's fucking badass. Oh, really? You just heard so that more respect. Today, yeah. And you kind of think yeah, like, yeah. oh, wow, what a pretentious douche. But like, if you're making a movie and you can see what's happening in the, in the 80s and you're going, this is just reinforcing more of this, you know, the, the idea of just marketing, you know, cultural zeitgeist back to a new generation and undoing, uh, you know, the, the sort of um, awakening that we had as a, as a counterculture in the 60s. Uh, yeah, I can see that would be really, you know, because it's, it's for us, it's a, hour and a half long movie for him it's like years of of work right so i get yeah it. and and thinking about you know he's like a very weird guy but he's also a very like you know method actor so i'm sure he really got in his head who that character was and that he was a fundamentally yeah. good person because of his and and you know but he finally gained confidence by the end of that movie and then he's like my arc should not finish with me being a fucking yuppie who, you know, is just trying to make as much money as possible. Like he wanted his character to be like a professorly author who like taught at like Berkeley right. and like, you know, like any, he, any, he, he literally, there's a really funny story in the book about how he hated the costume that they gave him for that last scene where he's coming in with like the fucking golf bag. And he's got like the douchey Miami vice kind of outfit with his hair slicked back. And he like refused to wear that. And he walked around on set all day in like a professor's like sweater with glasses on, and the producer like had a meltdown on him and it like forced him to change. But speaking of dropping an asset, I'm sure you've seen the the clip of him on David Letterman where he he's just going insane. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a weird like, dude. dude. I, I, I really but... enjoy I really enjoy uh Crispin Glover. He's a weird fucking dude, but like every yeah, movie no, he's, he's in, in you know, hot tub time machine, <laughs> yeah. he's awesome. <laughs> but um anyway, uh so where were we? Yeah, so so Nancy Pelosi, back to Nancy Pelosi. Um so she said that thing about, you know, they have their public whatever in their Twitter world. Um so AOC actually responded and was like that public quote whatever is called public sentiment. <laughs> and wielding power to shift it is how we actually achieve meaningful change in this country. So, you know, I I appreciate that she called her out although I I I wish she would be a little more forceful. She's like punching you in the face and you're like you know, but, no, but like, yeah. look, I, this is that's that's as much as she's done to to push back on Pelosi. So at least she's not. Um, I mean, and what she's saying has so much substance to it, right? Like she could yeah, just yeah. fucking both barrels blast her in the face and be like, listen, fucker. Um, but she doesn't. She's still. And, then, you know, of course, she's a bigger person for, yeah. for that slight critique of Pelosi. Um, you know, some some dipshit from the Atlantic fucking what people think is a liberal newspaper and liberal magazine. Atlantic is basically just you know, neo-capitalism, neo-liberalism. Uh, yeah, basically, from well, she needs to be. Atlantic. Yeah, she needs the AOC needs to be respectful of Nancy Pelosi. So, uh, of course, the AOC, <laughs> you know, backpedaled slightly, but said, you know, respecting ourselves doesn't mean we don't respect the speaker. And it's like you shouldn't respect her. She doesn't you shouldn't respect, respect you. Though. She's a fucking climate change denier. She doesn't respect any of our lives. Yeah, and so uh, you know, I, and, and I, it, I, I appreciate that she pushes back, but it's still like, stop. These people are not your fucking friends. Stop trying to like uh, couch it and like, well, of course I respect this. But no, she's a fucking. She's totally opposed to you. Tries to undermine you in every possible turn. 
constantly dismisses you and acts like you're some annoying fucking kid. Like, tell her to go fuck herself. Like, I don't. Uh, Ilan Omar actually had a, a, a much better response, even. Um, tweet. She, so she quote tweeted AOC's response about like the public, whatever. It's called public sentiment. And she tweeted, uh, patetico, which I assume means pathetic in, in Spanish. Um, you know, they're uh, just salty about who is wielding the power to shift, quote, public sentiment these days, sis. Sorry, not sorry. So she's not like fucking around anymore, which I, I really appreciate. Uh, and she she's always, I think, the bravest of that of that quartet. Uh she never she definitely really get yeah and and, yeah. and especially considering you know she's the we've discussed this before the five things that that right wingers hate the most you know she's mm-hmm. muslim she's an immigrant or you know she's a refugee immigrant uh she's black she, and she's woman and she's muslim so it's like she just gets like <laughs> there's, there's no possible <laughs> way they could you know they could hate her uh, identity and her uh, uh who she is and, and what she's doing more um no matter how much she you know <laughs> praises people who are jewish or christian like just whatever it is yeah they're gonna they fucking still, twist it and yeah yeah I, I don't know you you saw the uh the footage to them when they went to the um the uh detention center in uh texas i believe it was and they came out and were doing like a live press conference um outdoors and mm-hmm. there's this crowd of people just like boo, boo like just like screaming over them and this guy is there, it's a, uh, Rashida Tlaib, who's speaking about just the inhumanity of what's going on inside there. And this guy's uh, screaming at her, going, we're Christians, USA, we're Christians, You, we believe in Jesus. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? You, you're, you're a pro-concentration camp protester. Yeah. Pro-concentration <laughs> camp protester saying, we believe in Jesus. What in the you- fuck? Yeah, no, Jesus would be super into keeping uh, children in, in cages without fucking water or running, oh uh, you know, toilets and food and toothbrushes. That's totally what Jesus was, was fucking all it's about. Fucking, it, you know? What are the most favorite, fa- you know, famous Bible quotes is, is, you know, if there was a stranger in your land, you treat them as your brother. You know, it's just like yeah. where have they fucking read the Bible? Uh, no, but, of course you know, not. again, again, there's 25 percent of all Americans were. They did a poll one time. 25% of Americans believe that Christianity predates Judaism. So that literally means that 25% of Americans, who I'm presuming are Christian, believe that the Old Testament came after the New Testament. That's what that means. Yeah. I I think this was in that same round of polls because they did a lot of, like, really a big, like, you know, like what percentage of Americans believes in like literal, like, like Christian literalism, what percentage and something like close to 25% of Americans believe that the rapture is going to happen in our lifetime, which is like, that's, that's what we're living with. We're living with people who think that, you know, the four horsemen are going to come down and kill everybody. And Jesus is going to come down and like, you know, fucking, you know, beam everybody up to have all the good people. Like, in their lifetime. So that's, that's what people, that's what we're living with in America. So yeah, it doesn't surprise yeah, me that they're oh, fucking oh, idiots oh, that think, uh, Valentine's day, 2015 bummer. <laughs> <laughs> you remember from, uh, Ghost, Ghost oh Ghost yeah. For- <laughs> <laughs> Valentine's day. Bummer. I remember that. Um, I remember when that day came to pass, it was like all these people posting that as a, as memes on the internet. Like we, we did it. We made it past the fucking death prediction, the apocalypse prediction in ghostbusters too. Yeah. So, you know, Nancy Pelosi trash as always, but 
people still fucking defend her. Uh, and they what still was will the, defend her until the death. You were, you were saying that there was a Rashid Tlaib, her response was one of the better ones, too. Well, yeah, she suggested that Pelosi uh, was standing idly by as brown and, quote, brown and dark-skinned tr- children are dehumanized. Um, which, you know, a lot of people, even Jules was saying, like, she's she's kind of actively participating in it by giving them money. But yeah, but the, your point is taken that, yes, she is completely complicit in the dehumanization of fucking children, like at the, you know, in these concentration camps at the border. Um, right. Well, we we know how much Pelosi likes young people, uh, especially the left leaning ones. It's a, yeah. <laughs> she, she rises up out of her chair to condemn socialism. Um, yeah. yeah. And again, it's it's like she's not even going to run for reelection again. You know, Pelosi, this is her last, you know, this is this is her twilight term as speaker. Right. And it still won't fight for a single fucking thing. Right. Why would they care about why should she care about climate change? She's going to be dead soon. Right. So yeah. why would she spend any time or energy to do something that she'll never see the effects of? Like, that's just how fucking selfish she is. So, yeah, uh, yeah I mean, we we always like thought, I guess, going back to the 60s again, eventually these these suits are going to die off. Right. Well, guess what? There's always going to be this battle. Right. There's always going to be a, a, another generation of people who are ruining the earth. The young people are like, what the fuck are you doing this for? Right. And I, I don't know how to break that cycle other than to. Uh, you know, have have another FDR essentially, but even then, it's like, what we get twenty five good years of of, of prosperity <laughs> out of it before somebody ruins it. Um, the only other thing I think, you know, just to, to make things so permanent, they can't be undone. Something <clears throat> like social security, uh, but for you know the climate, obviously, it's going to have to be something really big. Um, and, and, and I think that's what you know. You, well, I was going to say, I think that's what Bernie fundamentally understands is that. He's old. He's not going to live forever. He's not going to live probably for another, you know, more than maybe another decade. Maybe, you know, that maybe a little longer. Uh, and he realized Jimmy Carter is 74 and beat cancer at 92. Right. Yeah. No, I get No, I got it. But but you know what I'm saying? Like he he, he he's not going to be around for the next 50 years. And he and he realizes sure. that, you know, once if he doesn't win. It, it's really going to be hard to raise somebody up to his level of national prominence in the next, you know, uh, 10 years. So, if, but, and he knows that any kind of little minor around the edges policy that he passes is going to get gutted the same way all of Obama's milquetoast policies got, you know, further pulled to the right. So mm-hmm. yeah. the only thing he can do is rally around these big ideas. And that's, you know, everyone's always, in the media, all the shitheads in you know the mainstream media are always like, "Oh, well, he only, only talks about big ideas. He's not giving." Sp-, which is number one, it's not true. But number two, he talks about ideas more than he lays out like you know really wonky policy specifics, um, which are all available if you go to his website. But in his speeches, he lays out big ideas because he knows that the only way to make a lasting impact and to make sure that people want to fight for these fucking things is to build a national movement behind them which is he's absolutely done with medicare for all medicare for all is something that a very small percentage of the country was talking about you know in 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 2015 even like never mind 2008 you know nine when they were talking about uh what obama's health care plan was going to look like uh by comparison and i'm sure there were you know millions of people that knew above the concept and were supportive of it but in order 
the to the point where it's at now where it's been polling at like 70 percent support in the country that's 100 percent thanks to bernie sanders and it's going right. to be unacceptable for democrats to not at least pretend that they want medicare for all going forward and that's completely thanks to him and that means eventually it's going to have yeah, to get why passed. they hate him yeah they hate him for that yeah, because he he looked at single payer and said nobody knows what the fuck that means right and if you just mm-hmm. need to give it a title this is the thing that democrats never do is give things a title that's actually inspiring and because they don't want to pass anything right it better was like oh medicare medicare for america you know medicare for some it's just like he knows that's not inspiring because he he's <laughs> he, he's like literally like the 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 life coach that's trying to get you worked up over nothing you know and that's what that's somebody talked him into that role and now he's you know you saw him how crushed and defeated he looked at those debates oh, like man. he just he knows he's terrible he knows he's a flunky brutal um but yeah you know so so pelosi in that article also said you know i've got i've got uh, single payer, uh, you know, campaign signs down in my basement. I've had them for 30 years. And it's like, really? So you're admitting <laughs> that you've done fucking nothing <laughs> for 30 you're years. Admitting right. your failure your whole fucking life for, for something. I mean, I, I, I met people who have you know, single payer buttons from the 1930s. Like that, that that's not a, a thing to say, well, it's just, it, you know, we shouldn't have it because we've not been able to do it. That just means that you haven't fought for it because you're a fucking spineless coward. Yeah, you've been in power since the fucking 70s. Like, what are you doing if you haven't been advocating for this nonstop since the... Se- she was, she's been in power for about as long as Bernie Sanders has, and she's just pathetically useless and, and devoid of any accomplishments. Like, her one big accomplishment that she touts is getting Obamacare passed, which is literally, we've said a million times, but it's a fucking right-wing healthcare plan literally cooked up by the Koch brothers. The whole... Co- or, or, excuse me, by the... Um, oh, my God, why am I blanking on it? Mitt Romney. The, 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 yeah, but the, 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 the think tank, whose name, whatever. People oh, know yeah, what I'm talking about. Yeah. The, it, it was cooked up by, by this right-wing think tank, and it, it, it's like, it, that's her big accomplishment. That's the one thing she can point to is like what she's done in a fucking almost four-decade political career in, in Washington, D.C. And meanwhile, Bernie Sanders has the record for amendments, you know, uh, passed uh, through, through Congress. Uh, has built a national movement behind major sweeping changes that we haven't seen uh, the likes of since FDR or even, you know, some of LBJ's uh, proposals. And it's like, oh, did you see the John Delaney tweet today? I think you you responded to it. Do you have that up in front of you? Can you uh, read that? I, I'll, I'll pull it up. Yeah, it was, it was oh bad. He's so fucking pathetic. It was guy. just literally like every good thing that people want, we shouldn't do. And here's the alternative. It's like <laughs> like a list of each thing. And yeah, if you this can is find what he, that. Yeah, yeah. This is what he tweeted, just devoid of any you know context. Medicare for all, free four-year college, discharging all student debt, eliminating fossil fuels in 12 years are either bad ideas or impossible promises. Universal health care free community college, student debt relief, and net zero CO2 emission by 2050 are good ideas that can happen. Uh, To which I responded with a gif of Bill Murray punching Ned Ryerson in the face from Groundhog Day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, he's he's pulling at 0%. Yeah, it's just, it's literally just, it's the, it's the, the, you know, what do we want? incremental change when we want it at some some indeterminate point in the future and, and he's like he literally is is just saying it out loud that you know better things aren't possible you know it's we've got 12 like, like year, years left and he's pretending that we can have a net zero increase in fossil fuels by 2050 
Like that, that all that means is that somebody, uh, you know, did some cap and trade shit and, mm-hmm. you know, somebody planted some trees and paid for it with the, the you know, carbon tax, some other fucking, it's like, there's, it's, it's so I've looked at like the details of how carbon offsetting works and, and how convoluted it is. And it, it's, it's literally nothing. Even when like a, you know, a, a movie they'll say, Oh, this, this, you know, the, 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 uh, um, you know the generators we did that that uh, contribute to climate change. We offset that by you know it's carbon neutral film. It's like that's such bullshit. It's such fucking nonsense. It's as, as dumb as like the you know oh no animals were harmed in the making this production, but we serve dead animals at all in the catering. You know it's like it's just it's horseshit. Well, like uh, people are like oh well they like a lot of th- people that fly. It's like oh well they bought carbon offset. It's like well you're still flying. Like what so what you donate to like green energy like that's not that doesn't you're still like that doesn't do anything but no and, no. and it's like again he's, he's talking about 2050 they there was a recent study that uh, a group of scientists thinks that there's a very good chance that uh the human race will be completely extinct by 2050 because the earth will be uninhabitable by 2050 if we continue at our current rates of warming and it's like yeah, great. So great. by by 2050, there will be no emissions because we'll all be fucking dead. So yeah, you're you know you're right, John Delaney. Maybe we'll be at Ugh. net zero emissions by then because no fucking machines will run because we'll all be dead. You know right. that's right. Well, it'll be the rich people. They'll still have you know they'll they'll have a few people they'll have a few slaves to take care of them, and everyone else will be dead. But yeah, yeah. And, and and the you know the the scariest shit from global warming is not climate change. The scariest shit from global warming is the oceans dying. Right. Because as yeah. the you know, people don't realize, well, some people realize that, you know, trees themselves, as they are a carbon sink, they absorb mm-hmm. that carbon. So that's why they are yeah. an offset in a way. So you plant more trees. Yes, you can mitigate carbon. But you have to plant like billions more trees, right? Billions yeah. and billions and billions more trees. And then it takes, you know, decades for them to build up to be big enough to have enough biomass where they can make any, you know, any real difference. The oceans also absorb carbon. But as they absorb more carbon, uh, they acidify. And once the oceans acidify, and we're talking, you know, low levels of, of, of acid here, and there's different types of acid, different pH, but, um, you know, it causes shellfish, their, their shells decalcify, you know, and they, they die, right? And phytoplankton, which is the very bottom of the, the, the animal food chain that everything else above it relies on to live, have the tiniest, thinnest shells, right? So you realize how fucking dangerous it is when you're talking about ocean-wide acidification from excess yeah. co2 and and so few people had talk about that i think like maybe i've heard one politician talk about it in you know on a debate stage uh it was, it was mentioned once in 2016 gee it'd be nice if we had a, a climate only debate where people could actually get into these subjects but uh, but god forbid nope, not allowed DNC. not allowed not doing that um no nope, nope, not the dnc and, and and but that's what, and I think that's what a lot of people don't understand about the whole concept of of the average ocean temperature is it's not just the temperature. It's like it, that's why it's like they they talk about cascading effects. It's like the ocean acidifies, coupled with the fact that we're melting the permafrost at the poles at a alarmingly unsustainable rate, and we're letting all this fresh water into the ocean, which is totally changing the salinity of the water and it's fucking up the currents and the tides, you know, well, the tidal bay. it's the like thing with the permafrost everything is fucking is, connected. Right. It is in that permafrost it is shitloads of methane and methane that's, can yeah, capture something true. like 40 times more uh, heat energy than CO2 does. So once mm-hmm. that all the, as it gets warmer, the rate of warming is going to drastically increase. And we, we're not, you know, we're only seeing the very beginning of it, right? It is happening right now. 
but it, it's you know with with so many things you have a tipping point you have exponential growth we've had exponential growth of the human population uh you know 50% of the world right now is under the age of 30 years old just think about that mm. that's nuts yeah and there's estimated there's, I mean, there's, a, yeah, there's about a billion cars on the roads right now globally in the next 10 years there will be 2 billion so the number of cars on the road is going to double in the next 10 years i mean just we we are fucked we're totally yeah, fucking we're fucked, fucked. And Nancy Pelosi is fucking around, won't do a goddamn thing. Joe Biden is not going to do a goddamn thing. Trump is not going to do a goddamn thing. Right? So what's yeah. it going to take? I don't know. This is why rioting. people get super depressed. The only thing that works is fucking rioting. When you riot, when you shut down buildings, when you shut down streets permanently for days, weeks, months, years on end, that, that is when shit changes, is when you bring everything to a halt, general strike. Right? And I... You know, <laughs> Trump was president. No, we need and to do that. None of, of that shit's been happening. I mean, I, I, we need to absolutely do that, and I and I think that works to a large extent to get policy passed. But I think these large scale like lifestyle changes, like rich people are only gonna get, they're only gonna go so far before they just say, like, fuck it, just crack all their skulls, and we'll we'll deal with the like. I I just it, it's so bleak sometimes to think about like how fucking impossible it is to make any change like any like massive like ecosystem changes or like just governmental changes in in this country like it's just really right well we're we're gonna have to do it and and obviously you gotta put the choices out there for people if they don't have another thing to change to then you know like let's say let's say we have a completely socialist world government Right. And the whole economy is socialist. But we still got to feed 8 billion people. Right. And that's yeah. the biggest impact is how do you feed everybody? Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not like a rich person eats 900 times more food than a poor person. So, you know, on a, on a certain level, each person has a, you know, somewhat of a similar ecological footprint. Now, obviously, if you're rich and you're flying a private jet around, your carbon footprint is vastly bigger. Right. Sure. If you or own a bunch company. of mansions, you you go through a lot more electricity. I get that, but still, like the, we we we've got to make some different changes. Um, and getting you know, say, just like uh, low impact food choices, generally eating plants, getting more of those options to people is a big thing. Um, there's a company called Impossible, and they make a you know just like a very realistic ground meat alternative that's that's vegan right and they they're trying to get that into like domino's into k like get it everywhere uh taco bell and just get it so people announced they're gonna roll it out yeah 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 and and i was in line at a kdoba and i i've gotten it a few times it's great um it it's not too realistic it's too realistic it's kind of gross to me and i don't don't really go for it but it was (laughs) like like the, the two people ahead of me in line who i didn't know they both got it. And then like the two people behind me in line, I heard them, they both got it too. So like clearly there's a demand for things to change. And and I think that, you know, obviously if you can get it into fast food places all over the world, you know, yeah. then, then that is a system change, right? So when you give people the option to destroy the planet or not with their diet, then they're going to probably want to not destroy the planet. Right. So I, I don't like to yeah. think of those as lifestyle choices because it is such a huge systemic issue uh you know what we eat and how it impacts the planet um now forcing people to do things i don't think is a good idea because then they reject it right you yeah, want to give people the, the option yeah when i've been saying that for years is like i think i know i know me personally i know a lot of people have no 
like desire to eat meat. It's just like if the, if something it, it's just the diet, you know, people were raised on. And if somebody gave you sure. an alternative that tasted almost the same, that was still fucking like great tasting and like around yeah. the same price point, you'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'll fucking take that every time. Like, I don't absolutely not absolutely. to mention just the health benefits of not eating fucking red meat, which is horrible for, you know, your internal organs. So it's yeah, like, absolutely. Um, yeah, but you know, yeah. again, the, the reason why we were told to eat lots of meat was because we were lied to by companies lobbying the government to come yeah, up with, totally. you know, these, these nutrition charts that, we're telling us to eat more and more sugar and more and more meat. You know, you look at more like, wheat, what, like, yeah, more just, like white you know, flour. And now you've got an obesity <laughs> epidemic. And same thing with our transportation, like Mike Rubeau was tweeting about today. People don't think about how urban planning affects their, their health. They just don't, right? Yep. If you can't walk around because they, your whole city is nothing but surface highways, you know, there's like a, a strode, as they call it, where it's, you know, uh, three lanes of traffic one direction, a median, and then three lanes of traffic the other direction. And, you know, between the, the front of the storefront on one side of the street and between the, 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 the storefront on the other side, they're a quarter mile apart because there's a, you know, 50-acre parking lot uh, in front of each of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's an accessibility issue. Right. If you you're in an electric wheelchair, like you, you're taking your life into your hands every time you try to cross the street uh, at a crosswalk. Mm-hmm. Right. So we kind of stop building and designing places like that. I mean, they aren't places. They're the opposite of places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you know, we were talking about Biden uh, a while ago and I wanted to mention uh, a couple, uh, you know, just our weekly kind of check in with with how uh just completely devoid of substance and awful a campaign can be and still get uh, majority support in the Democratic Party. Um, so I wanted to kind of update people on what Joe Biden did this week. Um, so let's see. Number one, uh, he quote unquote apologized for praising segregationists. Uh, but, you know, I'll, I'll play his audio clip of him apologizing. You determine if you think it's an apology or not. Well, the first opportunity had to do it in a fulsome way. If any comments I made were taken in a way that people took offense from them, then I am truly sorry for that. That was not my intention. But if you notice, I went on to talk about all of those sort of attacks that are going on, about the past, and laid out where I was and what we want to do. This is about the future. But the fact of the matter is, that's why I chose here in South Carolina and chose an audience that, in fact, is, would be the most likely to have been offended by anything that was said. Did he did he make up a word at the beginning of that sentence? What? <laughs> oh, I want to play just the first first sentence back. Hang on. Yeah. Well, the first opportunity had to do it in a fulsome way. The if first opportunity had to do it in a fulsome way. Yeah, fulsome prison. You ever heard that that Johnny Cash album? It's a great album. I love that. It's great. It's great. Fuck it. It's my favorite Johnny Cash album. Uh, oh I don't, I'm not God. quite quite sure if that's what he was referring to. <laughs> He can't get a sentence uh, yeah. out without fucking, you know, without emerging becoming a mushmouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. When you, you know, it's always said like any, anytime you use the word, but everything you said right before the, but is not true. And you don't believe it. And yeah, it, it <laughs> or yeah, if you like, say, I'm sorry for the way people felt, if they were upset by that. Then if, like, and he emphasizes <laughs> if the word, if his intonation volume goes up when he says the word, if they were offended. <laughs> He doesn't say, I mean, if you could even be halfway of a decent human being, you would say, you know, I, I'm sorry to the per- to the people that that did offend, you know, because you have well, to it, acknowledge that some people were offended, even if other, others weren't. He didn't even do that. You know? And he, and he it, acted like he, 
But then he acts like, oh, well, if they were offended, but then he says, and that's why I did it in South Carolina, where people were most likely to get offended by it. So he says, like, I can't I can't imagine why people would have been offended by it. And then he's like, and that's why I did it in a place where the most people would be offended by it, a.k.a. the most black people in the, you know, in the Democratic Party would be like he's fucking losing his mind. I I almost feel like I mean, this is what you signed up for, but I almost feel bad for like Joe Biden staffers at this point. Like they they need like a fucking to be rescued from this fucking just runaway train that right. is his blink if you need help can- exactly yeah right <laughs> um but no that's what these people do that's this is what they excel at is being yes men and just oh no you did great you did, did great joe he's, you know and, and again yeah, he's, he's one of these old check. tall guys it's always had everything fucking given to him and, you know he thinks he can just walk up and put his hands on you and you know and it's just that he'll he'll get you to shut the fuck up if you you know as long as he can kind of tower over you um, and, and you notice, you know, there's like Game of Thrones uh, um, body language analysis videos. It's like a charisma guy on YouTube. And he like an- analyzes different uh, communication yep. styles of different characters and talks about how uh, you want to imitate some of those. And like one of the ones that was with uh, um, uh, Tywin Lannister, he gets right in front of you and stands right above you to fucking intimidate the shit out of you. Joe Biden does that all the time to people who are he believes his supporters. He'll walk, walk right up to somebody and stand right in front of them while they're sitting down and just like tower over them and put his hand down on them. He does that shit. Right. So it's he, really he certainly is a terrible person, but he it's not. Yes, his mind is going with some of it, but it's, it's intentional. You know, with the like the bullying behavior, like that apology was a bullying thing. Like, oh, you're. I guess if you were offended, I'm so sorry that I offended. Yeah, Yeah, no, that's really what the tone of it was. He has contempt for people that would be offended by that. He he just he's like, come on, man. Like that whole thing. (laughs) Our our great uh, friend Nate's liver has been doing the a good riff on that for a few (laughs) days now. The come on, don't put me on thing that joe biden and that's does. and that's been that's been the greatest myth of joe biden's entire career is that he's sold himself as this folksy like you know gr- grandpa joe uncle joe image and he's always been a fucking elitist and he's always had disdain for like real people for working class people for activists for anybody that doesn't totally bow down to the just fucking triangulating neoliberal right-wing uh, ideology that Joe Biden has espoused his entire career. He's been a fucking right wing, you know, neoliberal racist his entire career. And as long as you go along with that and or ignore it and think he's awesome because he was Obama's vice president, he loves you. And he's, you know, everyone's favorite Uncle Joe. But if you yeah. dare question his credentials <laughs> and, then, and then he comes he back into a like, fucking monster, he's like, how could you say I'm racist? I got Clarence Thomas on the Supreme Court. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a racist bone in my body. Yeah. And he literally all the time is like talks. He literally in the debate was like, how can I be racist? I was Obama's vice president. Like he brought up the oh fact that he was God. Obama's vice president to why he's not a racist. Ugh. So that's just, yeah. oh, I'm out of time. I can't go any further. You just <laughs> up, no, up, my time's up. <laughs> um, really the first time I think anyone in the history of, of televised debates has ever said, oh, I can't answer. My asked- time's up. <laughs> <laughs> Never happened before. No, never, ever. Um, So the other two things he did this week, uh, he talked about how he would bring back the individual mandate, uh, which is, if people uh, aren't paying attention, the least popular aspect of Obamacare. That was the mandate that forced you to buy private insurance from a private company. Or get fined. 
Yeah, or get or pay a fine, like a significant fine. Right. So like that's so what he would bring back. The, right. So the base of the party wants <laughs> Medicare for all. What does Joe Biden bring to the table? Fining you for not buying private <laughs> insurance again. That's yeah. That's Joe Biden yeah. for you. And then and then later in the week, uh, he he said he would consider appointing Merrick Garland to the next open Supreme Court seat. Uh, but then also talked about how he wouldn't uh, try to institute term limits and or try to pack the courts. So Joe Biden's right. big idea is, hey, when RBG retires, I'm going to replace her with a more conservative, moderate right wing justice <laughs> for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. Yeah, I think Ruth Gator Ginsburg is just like, oh, my God, this is what I'm fucking sitting up here waiting to die for. <laughs> This guy, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ugh, I mean, it's just, yeah. he's just pathetic. It's fucking pathetic. You know, I mean, I, and I, and I hate talking about him every week, but it's like, he just, he's, he's just, you know, he's ubiquitous. And the, the people and, that, the, and, yeah. The people that like him, they're getting polled. They, they're not following politics. They're, they're just, they go, who do you get to vote for? Uh, well, I liked Obama. And so Joe Biden's the closest thing. So I like him. And it's like, they're not watching the yeah. videos. They're not watching how, to, you know, they don't, rem- their nostalgia is all their, he is running on. Obviously he knows that he's smart enough to know that. So, uh, it, it's just scary that, you know, right out of the gate, he took a big chunk out of Bernie, at least if we are to believe those polls, which I, I don't, but the media is still running out as though that's the fact. Right. And that's, and he's, ta- he's taken some chunk. I mean, he's certainly, even if he's not in first place, he's got a sizable, you know, base of support in the older, more moderate wing of the party. And it's like, uh, that's going to be a fucking problem. I don't think it's going to be a problem that's going to stop Bernie, but you know, it's fucking hate more of a call to moderates because the the idea that, well, they're fucking right wing. Of course they're right wingers. Right. It's just like when you, when they, when they say more liberal, they mean more left, but to me, more liberal means more to the right. You know, it means more centrist. Yeah. Moderate Democrat, yeah. to me, just means they're fine with letting the, the, the world burn, which to me yeah. is extremist and radical, right? So, yeah, I agree. Again, I, and then I'll talk to like right-wingers occasionally online, and they're like, what do you, what do you mean liberals are, are right-wing? I'm like, fucking, <laughs> you, know, or, you know you're talking to a communist right now? Uh, well, they, they, they think that Hillary Clinton's a communist, so these people are hilarious, right. like not, not at all serious people. So we should talk about them, actually, because they, they factor into the, the last story we wanted to talk about quite significantly. Yeah. Um, lunatic right-wingers who who believed in like fake pedophile uh you posted that really funny meme i think today about yeah. like uh it, it was like the 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 guy walking with his girlfriend and then turning to look at the other girl and then the girlfriend getting offended and the right. uh, girlfriend and the the guy turning was looking at a, a the woman and it said like uh you know f- fake pedophilia uh stories and then the girlfriend was like real pedophilia stories right and right wingers just like they can't they don't care about yeah because it was there was this guy who was um some right wing commentator piece of shit was like here's what i think happened uh you know this was all done where you know they thought they were having uh, sex with uh with legal adults but they were being filmed without their knowledge and then uh after that they're like they show them the tape and they realize like they're they have to obey whoever it is uh for the rest of their lives uh otherwise that tape will get released it's like what the fuck are sounds you like somebody about? who's been uh, on the Lolita Express, if you ask me. <laughs> right. It sounds like these are rich and powerful men who lust after young women because they think that they're above the law and they want things that are that are taboo and they think they're powerful enough to get away with it. It doesn't need to be more complicated than that. Right. These are yeah. these are so, billionaires. 
So just to give context, if people know what we're talking about, the big story today uh, was that Jeffrey Epstein was actually arrested. Uh, they unsealed an indictment against him and are charging him with, uh, you know, child sex trafficking, pedophilia, you know, a, a whole a whole uh, litany of crimes related to the fact that he's a billionaire who uh, has a private island and a private plane where he would literally traffic underage girls to have sex with creepy, gross uh, men like him and allegedly uh, Bill Clinton and allegedly Donald Trump and allegedly Henry Kissinger and allegedly a million other prominent politicians and entertainers who, you know, associated with him. So that's, that's the big story from today. And it's, it's, I mean, and the scary part is like, he's already been convicted of this before and was able to sweep it under the rug with all of his money. Uh, And years ago, 2002, right? It was well. So th- there was an article that came out today in Daily Beast by a woman that was writing a profile on Epstein back in 2002, uh, Vanity Fair, and she had done interviews with some of these these young women, and they were willing to go on the record with their names. And <clears throat> this guy is a billionaire, is a public figure, right? And you don't need to have charges, right? But still, they made some some phone calls were made. Uh, and they got the editors to yank that part out of the story. And so this woman basically said, look, I tried to tell this story back in 2002 and I was, I was stopped. And he, um, Epstein started calling her when he knew the story was about to come out because she was pregnant and he was trying to, he kept asking repeatedly where she was going to be having her baby delivered. And she became so scared that he would do something to her or her child that she hired private security for the hospital where she was at which is just horrific fucking horrifying <laughs> I, 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 I mean read, read the article i don't have her name in front of me here daily, daily yeah. beast was where it was but she uh i mean i hope she writes a screenplay about it because the way she wrote this article like she doesn't reveal that really dark detail to the very end of the article mm-hmm. and it's just it's such like a fucking great you know and, and again Actual, allegedly yeah. allegedly but still like but people have been saying this about jeffrey epstein for fucking decades now and everyone knows that he's a fucking pedophile creep allegedly and um but but he's been friends with re- and then the thing that makes this really interesting is that this fucking creep much like anthony weiner might bring down way more prominent and powerful people because he was very good friends with donald trump very good friends with bill clinton who according to leaked uh travel logs from his plane which he Nicknamed the Lolita Express, if that tells you anything. For people that don't know, Lolita is a French novel from the 50s about a guy who, a a stepfather who falls in love with his 12-year-old stepdaughter uh, and has, you know, sexual relations with her. That gives you any indication of what Lolita. Yeah, Nancy Pelosi's daughter, who is just as much of a piece of shit as her mother, is basically tweeted out like, hey, this is going to take down a bunch of people that we think are probably like our favorite DC political. This might take down some of our faves, she said. Yeah, our faves. So, like, she knows they know this shit. <laughs> they fucking know who's been of doing this. Of course they do. And they've, and and they've, they've covered, they've the covered for him. They're all powerful people. They've been to these parties. They've seen it with their own eyes. They know what goes on. And it's just, it's like they can't help themselves. You know, it's just that we yeah. have all this power. How can we not abuse people in every way possible? It just goes, like, it's just a foregone conclusion that, well, of course we would have underage, uh, you know, uh, rape slaves there, right? He had a fucking rape jet. That's what it was. 
right? And Clinton flew on there at least five times without uh, Secret Service with him. So you, you want to tell me He's, Bill Clinton didn't, uh, you know, stick it in a few teenage girls while he no, was Bill, uh, Bill Clinton is the, is the mass master of, uh, of of sexual uh, control and and you know, and and not uh, being adulterous and not being a fucking creep. Uh, it, no, but like literally, there from those travelogues which were leaked to Gawker years ago, I believe, like back in like 2006 or something like that. Uh, yeah. Bill Clinton's name appeared on the manifest 26 times. He flew on the Lolita Express. Yeah, uh, and, and he flew and there on there with this lead recruiter, this lead uh, recruiter of, of you know, uh, child prostitutes, I shouldn't say child, to teenage prostitutes, uh, to recruit them to then find more women to traffic. This is a daily yeah. thing that this Epstein guy was doing, right? And you look at the flight manifest on this on this thing, and it's like every dozens and dozens and dozens of billionaires, right? This was his, this was what he got off on was being the guy that facilitated this. Yeah, any any made a fortune on it. Like he was trafficking these girls, and he really, uh, you know, sustained a lot of his fortune. I imagine. I don't know what he initially, you know, gained his money in. I'm sure he was fucking handed a lot of it, but he sustained a lot of his fortune and a lot of his lifestyle and fucking maintaining a private island by charging billionaires to take these these trips where they would like i mean it's, it's fucking horrible to even talk about but where they would get like service by these fucking 14 year old girls it's like that's and, and this guy is fucking friends again with really prominent people so it's like you know i really fucking hope uh and he's being you know prosecuted in the southern district of new york you know you you, you were joking with me earlier like hey imagine if he flee to be like fucking oj at thirty thousand feet but Honestly, this trial could turn into a fucking a, oh, yeah. a bigger trial than the OJ case if the people that he's oh, involved with actually yeah. and get, get in, implicated. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's scary to think that he's got a bail or a hearing coming up on the 15th. Right. And a guy that's got multiple passports. I mean, obviously, if, he, if he's going to have to surrender his passports, that's already happened. Right. But sure. just having your own private. I'm jets, sure he has fake passports, though. You know, you got that. Much uh, money you, can, you can't get a fake new uh, U.S. passport, you, no matter how much money you have. And I, I know this because obviously I work for you. Know, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah. It's so compartmentalized where no one person has the ability to do more than one or two steps in the process. That it's, You don't think you can get like a forged passport, though? No, God, no, no, there's no way. There, I mean, that's why the, the U.S. passport is so sought after in this country, because it's it's like the gold standard. It gets you in everywhere in the world. Right. Yeah. It's like the most reputable document in the world as far as identity and, and citizenship. So that's why so many people will try to come to the U.S. and provide uh, more easily fake documents to get the passport, or, uh, you know, get a passport that is legitimate. Sure. But it was obtained through through fraudulent means, right? And that's why we we go through so much exhausting uh, steps to to make it. Like it, when when people submit a photograph and it's more than six months old, we know it. We know it like yeah. within days. And I don't even know all the ways they test the photo, but I, I pretty much am sure that they test the ink on the paper to tell how long it's been on that paper. Like that's how wow. fucking meticulous they are. Yeah. Um, so yeah, facial recognition too. They look at your social media photos too. Like, like the department of state has records but, of everybody that's here. <laughs> yeah. But so. also, I mean, he's rich enough that he could probably easily get illegally smuggled out of the country. If he, if he were so inclined, like, you know, just oh, yeah. the, the same way people yeah. sneak in, you know, people with yeah. no money sneak in and out of this country. Yeah, I'm well, sure he you could find a way out. Exactly. Of, you don't need a passport to fly out of a private airport. Right. 
and there's plenty yeah. of private airports in the U.S. So he could have one a of private jets. jet. <laughs> you know, it could put a tether and give him a house arrest, and he could, you know, pay to get that taken off and somebody to hack that. Right? There's there's ways to do that. Right? So sure. Uh, I've been thinking about this today. We've been you know preparing for the show, and my mind's just sort of like you know what's how how crazy could this shit get? And people get desperate and they think, oh, I, I got money, I got to get out of this somehow. Um, but yeah, I, I do wonder, you know, because it's it's always great when a billionaire gets busted, no matter what it's for, and you know, I'm always excited because it's just like you know, like rich white guy finally getting what's coming to him, and I just I really hope that all that was going through his mind uh, when they break down his door was this song. <laughs> oh man. See, that almost depresses me because I think of um, that scene in. What was it, Bowling for Columbine, where where Michael Moore is talking to the cops producer? He's like, "Why don't you just do like uh, like cops for like Wall Street? You know, like why don't you just exactly. go?" By? And the guy's exactly. like, "Oh, well, nobody would watch that." And I'm like, "Are you fucking kidding me? Like, do you mean more no. people would watch like Wall Street boom. cops?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah um, and I read the, the some of the reporting on it. And like, they they did break his door down. They they oh, amazing. they didn't just show up and you know say knock knock weren't here. Uh, there was witnesses that were interviewed that were like, nope, they took the door down. <laughs> they were they were coming <laughs> in hot, assuming that he would be trying to destroy evidence. Uh, and sure. they shout, found a shitload of evidence. He had a safe with actual thousands of printed photos, and he even had them marked as underage. He yep. had them labeled. It was all blackmail material, which people suspected for a long time that he was starting to gather on these powerful people, which is again, why a lot of these people might get implicated in this trial, which is really fucking amazing. And, and hopefully we'll see a lot of these just disgusting rich fucks get taken down for their crimes because that never happens. And it's this rare opportunity to actually. Exactly. And it's just, it's, it's like so disturbing when you think that all that stands between people uh, sexually abusing minors or not is the amount of money they have. Like it's, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. there's something is broken in the brain where the, 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 the disorder that causes them to want to amass billions of dollars far more than you could ever actually spend in a lifetime. It's like, that is an OCD, right? That is not a normal thing. Yeah. People say, well, capitalism is just a, a part of human nature. No, it isn't. It's a disorder, right? No, it's just it's a mental illness. Like it's... people that have the power to. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a, you know, when you see some of you know, these, one of these hoarder shows and you go, oh, that's, that's clearly a mental disorder. Hoarding billions of dollars is a mental disorder. And with yeah. that, you also want to own other things that you think should belong to you because you think you're special, like uh, teenage girls. You think that you can own them and ship them yeah. around as, as, as being you know, human trafficked. And you think, well, I can get away with that because I'm a billionaire. Yeah. And, and Jeffrey Epstein could get any of age prostitute in the world. He can get the most beautiful of age prostitute, you know, in the world, yeah. like if he wanted to, which he wants to get these fucking teenage girls because he's a fucking creep and maniac like he's just these people there's something wrong with them bill clinton included allegedly and you know it's just like so i i wanted to read a couple quotes because this was a, an interesting uh thing that came out you know there was a quote from trump uh in in that new york magazine article about about jeff uh jeffrey epstein uh and this was trump's quote back in 2002 to New York Magazine. Um, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It is even said that he likes beautiful women as much as I do, and many of them are on the younger side. No doubt about it, Jeffrey enjoys his social life. So that's the President of the United States 
talking yeah. about uh, how he loves spending time with his best, really good friend, Jeffrey Epstein, and about the beautiful young women that he brings around. So, Well, and yeah, sure, that's creepy, but, you know, I could just as easily see Joe Biden saying that. And of course. It, it reading, you know, totally different to liberals with like, oh, that's just Joe. He's not, you know, he doesn't really. And it's like, no, it's just as fucking awful. Like you, you see the same thing with Joe Biden where he walks up to 12 year old girls and puts his hands on them and starts saying, like, oh, we better watch the boys around you. I'm like, just what? Who the fuck thinks that when you see a 12 year old girl that that's the first thing that comes out of your mouth? You know, like, well, th- here's just something fucking broken in these people. Yeah. Well, so here's uh Bill Clinton actually released a statement today, uh, even though he wasn't at all implicated in the indictment, uh, which is totally something you do when you're innocent Yet. of crimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. No, that, but that's totally something you do when you're innocent of crimes and not at all implicated is release a statement denying your involvement with an individual. It's almost like he knows that his name's going to come out. It's weird. You know, it's kind of weird. So <laughs> this was the statement released by, by Bill Clinton's staff or PR or whatever. Uh, President Clinton knows nothing about the terrible crimes that Jeffrey Epstein pleaded guilty to in Florida some years ago or those which uh, he has has been recently charged in New York. In 2002 and 2003, President Clinton took a total of four trips on Jeffrey Epstein's airplane, one to Europe, one to Asia, and two to Africa, which included stops in connection with the work of the Clinton Foundation. By the way, just... he, they mentioned two years and may, say that he took four trips. They don't say that he never took trips in other years, <laughs> you know, on, on, on Jeffrey Epstein's plane. Right. They're um, trying to make it sound like that's all he ever took. And they're just saying, well, yeah. in these years that were before the time he was convicted, he went on these trips. Didn't say anything about, you know. Yeah. Sta- <laughs> yeah. The, further, staff, supporters, foundation, and the Secret Service detail traveled every leg of uh, every trip. And that's just those four trips that they're talking about, of course. He has he's had he had one meeting with Epstein in his Harlem office in 2002. Again, very specific with the year uh, to put him above culpability. And around the same time, made one brief visit to Epstein's New York apartment with a staff member in a security detail. He has not spoken to Epstein in well over a decade. Hmm. See, that 2002 is a little over a decade ago, considerably over a decade ago, <laughs> wouldn't you say? Yeah. Um, yeah, there's a so, lot of time between the last yeah. decade and 2002. The timeline um, does not match up. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's you know, uh, fortunately, like, uh, you want, sorry to cut you off, but like, the, fortunately, the one thing that the media will not protect people like Bill Clinton on is this, right? He, yes. he knows he's fucked. Right, they can try to like get shit scrubbed from Google or you know protect the Clinton, you know, the, protect their capitalism, uh, but they they won't turn down stories like this anymore, right? So and then just the last line of this is another real fucking oddly specific uh, line. Uh, So he has not spoken Epstein in well over a decade, and he has never been to Little St. James Island, Epstein's ranch in New Mexico or his residence in Florida, which doesn't at all mention his uh, apartment in New York or his place in Paris, which is one of the places (laughs) listed in the indictment. (laughs) Just, you know, that's 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 an interesting omission there, Bill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, well, I mean, if I'm an investigative journalist, I'm going to go, oh, well, so he didn't deny these other places that we know were his established properties. How many other properties do you think he owns through, like, shell companies? You know, places that are off yeah, the books. You know, a guy with that much money, there's no way that he only has properties that are known uh, to, to the public. He's got he's to have others, I guarantee it. Yeah, so, I mean, he's a fucking monster, and... Uh, 
you know, the uh, lead writer for uh, Samantha Bee's garbage fucking television show tweeted out something like, uh, you know, she deleted it because I think she realized it made her look bad. She was like, you know, Hillary's like a sister to me. And I think she really loves Bill and thinks he's innocent of all these horrible things. But I really oh, do I think that. at the end of the day, he, he is he is a monster and she'll be better off when he's, you know, in jail. She was basically admitting that she thinks that Bill Clinton's a rapist and and that but that Hillary Clinton is like totally a moron and doesn't see what everyone else on the fucking country sees about Bill Clinton. Right. Well, um, Hillary Clinton's delusional, but she's not stupid. Right. Like, yeah. she, she clearly she knows who her husband is. I mean, she she's well aware right. of what a she's fucking fine with her it. husband That's is. That's the thing. Is these people are fine with it. Right. They don't, you know, all these all these women married to powerful men deep down. It's like, do you do you want to be not married to somebody who's in power? No, they want that power, yeah. too. She gets a lot more fucking money for being the the wife of, of the president of the United States rather than the estranged ex-wife of the president. You know, like she can demand a lot more for a joint speaking tour where one of the people involved is an ex-president of the United well, States. So, I mean, <laughs> well, apparently that's not true. Theoretically, anymore. theoretically, they're, they're although their joint speaking tour had to start slashing prices and canceling events because people didn't want to go or they couldn't afford to go and listen to these fuckers talk for four thousand dollars a piece you know we should feel bad for her though because she might have to start a gofundme just to raise bills bail money soon so you know we, we should <laughs> yeah. we should go easy on her yeah oh, well, wouldn't that be God. the ultimate I, I, irony if if uh trump pardons bill clinton for uh, <laughs> uh being involved in child sex sex trafficking okay. like that that's what that's when you really know we get to that point you have to pardon yeah really know that like the the eyes wide shut you know uh uh orgy masquerade ball thing is really fucking true and it is just a bunch of freemasons and they all take a fucking pledge to just you know <laughs> sacrifice virgins and we just all protect each other like that's when you really know that like all the conspiracy theories are really fucking true <laughs> it's all this time yeah all the fucking yeah all the alt-right pizzagate loons ended up being right by accident even though it wasn't at all about like the the, the people they were talking about like they're actually is right alex pedophilia Jones, ring uh, Alex Jones has probably got to feel vindicated for some on some level. He's like, that's what I always told you was going to happen with the, the Clintons. Yeah, and that's what. And then I'll talk about like frogs turn gay. Lizard <laughs> yeah. And then I'll talk about why like Hillary is like a lizard person, and then he's yeah, <laughs> then he's back to being Alex Jones. But right. uh, yeah, so uh, you know, and and the, the this is being prosecuted in the Southern District of New York, which is actually a great. It seems like a great prosecutorial office because they actually seem to go after financial criminals like that seems to be their their main and i'm sure you know i'm sure people will send me like oh, hey southern district of new york also like puts innocent like drug like like people dealing drugs like in jail for like like i'm sure but I, as far all all i've ever heard about from the southern district is that they take on high profile financial crimes um for the most part because like they're they're the ones who have a bunch of sealed indictments against Trump that once he's out of power, they're presumably going to serve or attempt to serve. So, you know, yeah. wouldn't it be amazing if they could take fucking Bill Clinton and Donald Trump down in one case that's, you know, <laughs> not even focused primarily on them. Like that would just be the, the yeah. greatest fucking prosecutorial coup, I think in American history. Well, we're going to find out. I, I mean, yeah. this this is clearly, you know, we we call ourselves a socialist podcast. This doesn't necessarily relate to socialism, but it certainly relates to how people that have power can just completely abuse people and get away with it for decades. 
right? And and finally, it's like I don't know how this didn't get a bigger exposure at the time, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's so blatant. It's just he had a whole fucking island and a jet just for this purpose. Unbelievable. Yeah, he's a fucking monster. I mean, and look, and you know, and again, I'm not like you know. Of course, I still believe that a cab. You know, all cops are bastards, but uh, Jeffrey Epstein's a bigger bastard. And if and if and if they want to take him down, I'll support that 100. percent Like they're they're my there are temporary allies in this one particular case. You know, <laughs> uh, I'm not. I'm definitely not going to be like, yeah, I love prosecutors because they do a lot more harm than good societally. But this is what prosecutors should exist for. This, is to no, actually- this is what a justice system should be doing: is protecting the exactly. poor and the innocent, right? And I think most prosecutors, most of them, probably that is their goal, right? It, what gets fucked up is when there's a, a political wedge that gets driven in there, and prosecutions become about politics, right? And then it's yeah, about and quotas, then you have to work hand in hand to- with the police department and. Yeah, no. So of course, I, I mean, I, I, I'm familiar with how courts work. I've I've been through legal processes before, and you can yeah. tell when uh, you know the the people who are probably the most fair are, are women judges. I tell you, like nothing better than a, than a woman judge. Like you, you just don't see the miscarriage of justice that you do when you've got like an old white male judge when you have a, a, a female judge. I don't know. Did you when there was the the, the Nasser case, MSU? Where he, this, yeah, yeah. this sports uh, doctor, had been molesting hundreds of young women. Team for, trainer, yeah. The, the judge in that was extremely impartial in the the, the, the you know the, the proceedings, but when she got to her closing statements, she said a lot of personal stuff, and people didn't like that. And it's like this is she's, the ruling's already been made, right? She can say whatever personal opinion she wants after the fact, as as yeah. a human being, right? The the impartiality is everything up to. <laughs> the she's got this yeah. fucking monster standing in front of her and it's a great opportunity to tell him what a piece of shit he is and why he's going away for a very long yeah. time like and and she said no you know if i that. could if i could punish you more than this i would you know there's yeah. nothing wrong with with saying that you know and i don't know if she was you know, I, I don't think she said you know that she wished the same thing would be done to him but you know clearly <laughs> no. this was somebody who the, the institution and the university uh, protected. He had a somebody else in the in the department he was in who who was helping him. Uh, you know, his supervisor was hiding things. You know, so these yeah. th- these things can only happen when people, uh, evil people, protect each other, right? So I, I think there's people in injustice. There's I know uh, personally I know several lawyers that are uh, criminal justice reform activists. Uh, yeah. So yeah, no, there are there are there are people trying to fight inside the system to make the system better yeah tiffany caban who won an election for uh queen's da and is now having that election stolen from her uh with mysterious ballots that that erased a thousand plus point lead and now she's apparently losing by 20 votes but they're doing a recount (sighs) supposedly so i'm sure the fucking queen's corrupt bullshit you know democratic party machine yeah uh, made some phone calls for sure yeah and Crowley's still very involved, even though he lost his seat. And they they got really, I think, blindsided by Crowley. Uh, and they're never going to let that happen again. So they will do anything that they can to cheat anyone that's even remotely within a small margin in terms of like a victory. Like any, it, you need to win. If you're a leftist running for a seat in government, but especially in somewhere like Queens where it's such a corrupt machine, you need to win by 10 fucking points or you're going to get fucked uh, and, and you're going to get it stolen from you because they do everything they can to cheat you. 
And yeah. that's, you know, the only way you're going to win is if you blow them out. It, it, it's disgusting that that's the rules we have to play by. Well, but that's there wasn't happening. much national attention on that race until very close to the vote. Right. Yeah. So she, I saw her on Democracy Now! just a couple of weeks prior to the vote. And I was like, oh, who's this? And then it was just only very quickly, you know, after that, uh, that people were, you know, talking about her nationally on Twitter. So, you know, you got you to get these people elevated a little bit sooner um, to, to make sure that happens. Yeah. But no, and she's, and again, I, me as well, I didn't know about her much until the election and she's fucking amazing. She's trying to, she's talking about like freeing nonviolent drug offenders, decriminalizing sex work, you know, just all these things that would be considered like radical, not, you know, defunding ICE within, within New York, within her jurisdiction. It's like all these things that people say are radical. And it's like, no, this is pretty common sense. If you actually talk to people, living in these communities and struggling with poverty and, you know, she, she understands that all of these things are, are necessary fights to take on to actually help the poorest and most vulnerable people in her community. And that's why they can never fucking let her win and they will do anything they can no. up to and including completely throwing votes away and manufacturing votes to make sure she does not take that fucking seat. And well, the fucking and the, NYPD are the, worried or, that somebody like that terrified. goes on for me to DA to be in a you know an attorney general for a state or or yeah. for for the nation. You're setting national policy. Then you start going after going after Wall Street bankers. Like that scares the shit out of them. That's the only oh, thing yeah. that scares these people is going to jail and being in general population with the regular poor people that are in jail that they put there for for nonviolent shit or for shit they shouldn't have been there for. Like it's the, if, they, the, it's, yeah. if they actually do steal this seat from her, which she fucking won, she needs to run for AG like of the whole state next time. It's next time it's up for grabs because how fucking great of a fuck you would that be to all the, the, the little small fucking pathetic people still clinging to power in the queen's democratic party machine. If she ended up taking over and essentially just disbanded them after she wins the fucking yeah, I don't know how she got the endorsement for New York Times. That that kind of shocked me, but um, yeah, yeah. I think when that happened was when they were like, "Oh shit, we got to fucking rig this thing. We got to figure out a way." Yeah, Melissa Katz was like created in a lab to get a New York Times endorsement. (laughs) She's like a white, wealthy, liberal, like uh, you know, pro-establishment woman. That's like. wouldn't do a fucking thing to reform any of these systems would give cursory, you know, uh, like it, it, she's just, she's like, it, it, there's the contrast couldn't be more stark. She's, you know, Hillary yeah. Clinton, but the DA version. Oh, um, so, yeah. you know, it's yeah. So fuck Melinda Katz and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I, you know, we'll, we'll cover that. I'm sure next week. Cause I think the recount's supposed to be happening this week um and, i said it could take a couple you know, of weeks so yeah but we'll, we should follow up on that definitely there'll be court and, battles she already cats so we'll already sure. declared she was the victor knowing full well there's gonna be hilarious. a recount which is just such a like oh see haha te- you know uh, i i called the uh, i called shotgun first haha it's mine now <laughs> you know it's like they they know that the, that creates the perception in people's minds and people won't challenge the the rigging as much if they think it's already a done deal. So it's just, yeah, it's dirty politics. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything this week. Um, you know, we, uh, we'll be back, uh, shortly, you know, this later this week, and I'm sure we'll have a few more things to talk about by then. 
Um, we're going to try Biden to do say something awful by <laughs> Thursday. I'm sure. Yeah. We talked about doing a uh, stranger things review. So I think we'll get that to you maybe sometime next week. Season uh, three. Yeah. That'd be good. Really, uh, yeah. Really there's definitely so a, 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 this weird trend where suddenly uh, bashing Soviet Russia has been become very popular uh, in mainstream media all of a sudden, almost as though there's a political angle currently yeah. that's trying to be squashed. To be fair, it was done by the most obnoxious character in the entire series. Well, I, and I'm only five episodes in, so I won't, you know, uh, we don't have to go too much further into it until we I actually finish it and we review it. But I, we'll have a lot sure. to talk about, I think, with themes and uh, in general, because we it it yeah. gets a bit more involved than uh, where you okay, are right okay. now, I think. But yeah, okay. we'll we'll we'll, we'll spend some time talking about that and maybe even uh, mention the uh, HBO's Chernobyl series, too, and some parallels yeah. there that people are noticing. For sure. Yeah. So, uh, all right. That does it for us this week. Uh, if you want to help out the show, obviously you can rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Uh, you can follow us on SoundCloud. You can like and you know share the page out from there, soundcloud.com slash move left. Um, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash move, le- uh, move left idiots. Uh, we are on uh, Patreon if you want to support us that way. Patreon.com slash move left. Uh, teespring.com slash move. Oh, no, that's not what it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> tiny. If you want to pick up merch, it's tinyurl.com slash move left merch. I made that same uh, mistake yesterday. I know. So don't feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just ingrained. Um, oh, also, and you know, it, we mentioned it last week, but uh, LaDonna, our former co host, uh, is is you know dealing with a with a battle for breast with with breast cancer right now. So if you can help her out, uh, you know that's something I think anyone that can it would be really appreciate if you can help her out. Uh, you can find her GoFundMe. Uh, just go search and GoFundMe like help Ladonna kick cancer's butt. I think is what the title is, uh, and you can go search for that. Uh, also, uh, we are on Twitter. I'm at move underscore left. I'm also on Twitter at smutcollector.twitter.com.net. Yeah, try try finding them that way. And we will uh, see you next week.